up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and like I am every week, I am joined by my co-host, Lauren Armach. <laughs> Thank you for that intro, Andrew. Uh, it was very, I... like, um, game showy, you know? Yeah, or I was, I thought it was maybe, like, maybe kind of a baseball announcer, but it, it's not really oh. a football announcer. They, they don't really no. do that in football. No, they don't, unless we were to take some time and we could record, you know, like they do, like, on, um, like, uh, Sunday Night Football. We could come up with our own song. We could, you know, I could sit here. This wouldn't be good for a podcast because you wouldn't be able to see it. But, you know, doing something with the football, you know, something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I'm trying to think, like, what a PA announcer would even do during a football game. Like, it'd be like, now coming onto the field, <laughs> the wide receiver, number 87. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? We we have like 17 weeks of this, so we can we can maybe try and figure something out, you know? Yeah, I, oh. I think we will hopefully figure out a few things along the way. Yeah, yeah uh, I, Speaking of which, um, you know, I feel like we're so excited to start the season. We're so amped up, but like there's so much mystery in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, w- we have all these assumptions and there's a lot of groupthink in the fantasy community. Uh, we all are sort of, you know, hyping up the same offenses and not even really spending that much time thinking about the defenses. But, you know, we can look at last year's stats and last year's performance, but uh, we're going to learn so much in week one about, uh, you know, what which teams are going to be explosive offenses this year, uh, which teams have improved their defenses, which teams have really taken a step back defensively. That's a huge thing for fantasy and for sort of, figuring out uh, what are favorable matchups and what aren't. And, you know, to be honest, we're going to we're gonna learn a whole lot about that in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it is. Like right now, week one, uh, it's a little bit of a guessing game. I think it's more of a let's see how teams are utilizing, whether, you know, a running back committee or, you know, how often they're, you know, you know how often they're th- throwing the ball or running the ball. Um, and you'll start to see on the defensive side, you know, things take shape a little bit more. And you basically, it's one of those things you kind of keep learning a little bit more each week. And so I think uh, the week one um, kind of preview, which we'll be doing today, is kind of a, we think this could happen, but it's also like, let's keep an eye out on XYZ, you know? Exactly. Yep. So yeah. this will be a show that we're going to be doing throughout the season, um, going through each and every uh, matchup for the week and uh, from a fantasy perspective, talking about uh, which players we're excited to have in our lineups and which players we're maybe a little hesitant to put in our lineups uh, and maybe uh, some potential uh, breakout players that are flying under the radar, things like that. Um, so why don't we get started with the Let's Thursday night game, which is a juicy one indeed. This is going to be a good one. This is a good yeah. kickoff game. It is, right? We've got mm-hmm. uh, the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting uh, a team that, you know, was very interesting last season and is going to be very interesting this season, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we know that uh, Dallas has all sorts of um, potential offensively, but we, we didn't get to see Dak Prescott for the final few months of last season. Uh, and then he dealt with some injuries in the preseason this year. Uh, he should be good to go for this game. Uh, the uh, Bucks are, of course, favored by eight points. The uh, over-under is uh, 51.5, so a healthy uh, mm-hmm. projected scoreline. What are you thinking when you look at this game, Lauren? 
Number one, I'm thinking it's high scoring, which is which you kind of just uh, touched on. I think that this is a matchup that will be really good for Tom Brady. I think he's a top five quarterback this week. Um, I think it's a little bit more of a challenging matchup for uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, if we're kind of going off of last season, you know, that Tampa Bay defense uh, was pretty stout. So I think that Dak could have a little bit more of a challenge this week. Plus, you know, his pro uh, his Pro Bowl. Um, Offensive lineman Zach Martin is out this week because he landed on the COVID list, I believe, on Sunday. So he will miss uh, the Thursday game. So that that's a little bit, uh, you know, it's not good, you know, for the O-line there. Um, but I kind of, you know, maybe, I actually, I don't think this is true, but, like, maybe we will see how, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay running back committee plays out. Maybe we can get a, a clearer picture between you know, Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette. I know that, I don't know if we'll see a ton of Gio Bernard because he's dealing with a, uh, a high ankle sprain, I believe. But, um, you know, I'd like to see, how, I'd like to see how these uh, Dallas receivers shake out. And um, I don't know, I think it'll be, it'll be a fun game, but I think it'll be, you know, a little bit more challenging uh, for, for Dallas this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think both of these teams are chock full of exciting fantasy players. The difference, of course, is that Tampa Bay has one of the very best defenses in the entire league, mm-hmm. and Dallas's defense was really a nightmare last season. Uh, they may be improved some this year, but I don't think anyone's expecting them to be a upper echelon defense. Um, so, you know, as far as Dallas, I, you know, Ezekiel Elliott also has a very tough matchup. Ta- Tampa was... Mm-hmm. Uh, first in the league at stopping the run last season. They brought back their entire starting defense this year. Uh, They should be as good as ever. So uh, it may be a tough matchup for Zeke. I'm not sure uh, he really can give that RB1 production in week one. Uh, And then I'm just very fascinated with the wide receiver situations in both of these teams because, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned it a little bit there. But these are two teams that both have uh, three very interesting fantasy receivers and I think there's a tendency to sort of you know be much more interested in the top two than the third guy Mm -hmm. Um, but you know we don't know exactly how that's going to play out especially I think uh, with the Bucs I mean there's been a lot of uh, Antonio Brown hype coming uh, recently you know Bruce Arians was completely raving about him saying he looks like he looked four or five years ago when we all remember he was basically the best receiver in the league so uh it's not a slam dunk that, that Antonio Brown is going to be a distant third in the pecking order behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because uh, last season, Brown joined the team midseason, and he had to learn the playbook, and he ran a, a limited route tree for a lot mm-hmm. of the season. So I could see – it's going to be fascinating to see whether he actually um, generates more targets than either of the, the big two uh in that offense. Um, and then on Dallas's side, you know, it's a similar dynamic. Michael Gallup uh, is a big play receiver who would be a top two guy on most teams. And he's uh, entering his free agent year. So uh, he's certainly motivated to put up some big numbers this year. Uh, we all love Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, you know, every, he's a popular breakout pick this year. Um, but Gallup is a kind of sneaky play as well. Yeah, no, I think so too. And we've talked about him a little bit in some previous podcasts, how, um, you know, don't don't sleep on him. And he's a guy that I think has value now. And then also if someone gets uh, injured in that receiving core, man, he's going to shoot, shoot up the ranks. Absolutely. And I will yeah. say in terms of the Tampa Bay running backs, don't jump to any <laughs> conclusions no matter what happens this week. <laughs> That's true. If we've yeah. learned anything, it's that we, yeah. we can never 
trust what this team is going to do in the backfield from week to week. That's true. All right, let's move on to uh, some of the other matchups on Sunday. Uh, Why don't we start with the Cardinals uh, visiting the Titans. Uh, This is a game the Titans are favored by three. The over-under for this game is also very high at 52.5. What are you looking for here? I think this is um, also it could be another high-scoring game. Um, I'm curious to see how uh, Tennessee looks with uh, Julio Jones and that usage between A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, I think on, you know, with regards to, to Arizona, I, you know, we've talked about this year a little bit down on, on Kyler Murray. Um, and I just want to see how much, you know, he kind of runs and passes, you know, he's, he's previously said that he wants to run a little bit less. That obviously isn't good for his, um, his fantasy value. Um, I'm also eyeing, uh, you know, my boy Rondale Moore. Um, and I want to see how he is used in this game. I think I have, you know, high hopes for him this, this season. And I think that, uh, he is someone that can surprise, but I want to see how he's used, if he's used out of the slot, if he's going to be a downfield threat. Um, I'm also eyeing in Arizona uh, that that backfield. I want to see how much uh, James Conner is used, especially in the red in the red zone. If he is someone who uh, can have some uh, touchdown upside, uh, maybe as a flex play for fantasy. Um, so yeah, those are some things that I'm keeping an eye on. What do you What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tennessee is a very interesting team to me because they uh, we've traditionally thought of them as a pretty uh, conservatively run team. Um, that relies on the running game and defense. Uh, but their defense was really bad last season. And then they come out and get uh, Julio Jones to, to adding him to the mix now. And all of a sudden, uh, they could, if they want to, they could really open up their offense. And uh, they may need to if their defense doesn't hold, uh, hold up its end of the bargain. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do think this is a excellent matchup for... Derrick Henry, I think he can he can run all over Arizona. They weren't a, a great defense against the run last year, um, but you know it's I'm just fascinated to see if Tennessee is going to try um, to really open up that passing game because that's what they're really going to need to do um, in order for AJ Brown and Julio Jones to both pay off at their draft uh, cost because mm-hmm. people are drafting AJ Brown as a you know low end wide receiver one and Julio Jones as a mid range wide receiver too and that's a lot um that's a lot of uh passing production compared to what this team uh has typically done in the past so Mm -hmm. um, i think that's going to be interesting to watch and then you know you did mention of course i'm a little hesitant on kyler murray i'm not hesitant on him as a fantasy option really i I think he's gonna produce fantasy points uh, based on his his rushing ability um the real question is what what does he look like as a passer because uh, his his performance really did um, go downhill last year when he injured his shoulder. And, um, you know, I think uh, I, I'm interested in Rondell Moore, too, because he's certainly a player you can scheme to, to make interesting things happen. But um, that's my real question is whether this passing game is going to be able to support more than one receiver. We know DeAndre Hopkins is going to be uh, in every week uh, wide receiver one. Um, but the question is, is Moore going to be able to sneak into that wide receiver three territory? Does mm-hmm. A.J. Green have anything left in the tank? Is Christian Kirk still matter? You know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, and we'll get a first sense of that this week. For sure. All right. So uh, Jacksonville is uh, visiting the Texans, the, the train wreck Texans. 
Uh, these are two teams that I, I, I have some serious questions about. Um, the the Jags, uh, it, it will be very exciting to see the debut of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, the Jags are favored by three points. Uh, the over-under on this one is only at 45 and a half. Um, you know, I, I'll start on this one. I, I mm-hmm. think James Robinson could have just a huge game uh, yeah. against Houston. Uh, you know, Houston is was an atrociously bad run defense last year, worst in the entire league. Uh, and now, you know, I, I do think Carlos Hyde is going to be a, a sort of irritating thorn in the side of James Robinson at times mm-hmm. this season. But I don't think it's actually going to matter this week because uh, maybe even Hyde could be a sneaky deep league uh, flex kind of a, an option because I, I just see uh, Jacksonville having a lot of success running the ball. I think in, in Trevor Lawrence's first game, they're probably and especially against a team that they should be able to beat even on the road. I, I don't really see um, the Jaguars necessarily uh, dropping back to pass 30, 40 times in this game. I think they're going to try to run it right down Houston's throat and see if they can stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, on the flip side of that, I we just saw a report that the Texans want to really emphasize the run this season as well. Uh, it seems to me like this team is in full-on tank mode at this point. Um, but, you know, Tyrod Taylor is not a, a big uh, uh, passing threat anyway. So uh, they're they're probably going to run the ball a whole lot as well. I just see a bunch of rushing attempts on both sides. I just, you know, with, with Houston, it just might get spread too thin. Um, you know, I, I love Philip Lindsay as a player, but if you're going to see Mark Ingram and David Johnson and even Rex Burkhead factoring in, I, I think that kills the appeal of, of Lindsay. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to run a lot, maybe not with quite as much success as the Jaguars. Yeah, and I think that that uh, the Texans um, running back committee is something you just, if you don't know by now, you want to steer clear of that for fantasy. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you, you know, you had said that uh, you expect you know possi- possibly heavy running on on both sides. I actually, you know, I could see this could be a good debut. I think for for um, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, the Texans defense is pretty porous. And I think that he does have the skill, even though he's coming in, you know, it's his, his first game as a rookie. I think that he could shine and could be taking a little bit more um, kind of, uh, you know, passing attempts down the field. Um, now, I'm also, though, curious about kind of that breakdown of who he will be throwing to. I know that you are a big Marvin Jones fan. Um, I'm just not sure how how these targets are going to shake out. And so I kind of, I want to see, um, you know, that kind of usage between Marvin Jones, uh, DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault. And if maybe LaVisca Chenault is getting, you know, maybe a little bit of a bump because now that, you know, Travis Etienne's out, I just, I want to see a little bit more of how that will, will shake out the, um, you know, the uh, Jags uh, receiving um, core. Also on the other side with, uh, in the receiving core with uh, Houston's, I, you know, I've kind of been talking a little bit about Nico Collins and I kind of, I'm interested in, in his usage um, over on that side of the ball. Yeah, no, it will be interesting to see. I mean, I, I just, I see Urban Meyer, you know, maybe playing it a little close to the vest in this first yeah. game, but I also do see the desire to build up Trevor Lawrence's confidence. So, I would I would expect him to throw at least one touchdown pass in this game, but I'm just yeah. not sure we're going to see the kind of volume that really will give us a great uh, sense of how that receiving core is going to shake out. Because mm. uh, you know DJ Chark sounds like he's back to full health at this point, so they're going to be full go with all three of their top receivers. And 
Uh, I just don't know if there'll be enough pass attempts this week to really, really figure out who's going to uh, be be the receiver to, to roster there. Yeah, I think that's fair. And but I do think it will be Marvin Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. You're going to put your Marvin Jones uh, flag in. <laughs> yeah, I think he has. I just yeah. think he has a really good rapport with Lawrence. And, uh, yeah. you know, especially for a rookie quarterback, having a veteran presence like that, mm-hmm. uh, who you can trust. I mean, Shark is very talented, but he's just been very inconsistent to this point in his career. So yeah. I, I think Jones is the logical safety net for Lawrence. Yeah. All right. So uh, the Vikings visit the Bengals. Uh this is a uh, 47 and a half point uh, spread uh, over under um, Vikings favored by three and a half. Uh, what do you, I mean, the wind has kind of come out of the sails a little bit on the Bengals this preseason, mm-hmm. but I'm still really excited to see this team in action. Uh, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah. You know, I don't know, you know, you reference kind of um, wind coming out of the sails on, on the Cincinnati side. I, you know, I don't know if this is a game that maybe uh, Burrow will, will rely on uh, Joe Mixon a little bit more. He's coming off the injury there. And like you said, there was kind of some preseason uh, like, eh, you know, um, with, with, with the Bengals. Um, so maybe he relies on Mixon more and, you know, I think this is a game that Dalvin Cook could cook, you know, in and, um, you know, I, I want to see how Jamar Chase shakes out if they if they're throwing to him a lot. I don't know that I would necessarily bank on him this week, but I want to just see how how that goes. Um, but I do think the Vikings defense. Um, I mean, they traditionally have always had a strong defense. Last season, it was less strong, but I think that they could keep the uh, Bengals wide receivers in in check. And but I think you know Minnesota will. You know, Kirk Cousins is always kind of this steady uh, quarterback. And he's very consistent. I think that they will continue to, you know, throw the ball uh, to to Thielen and Jefferson. I'm curious to see, though, also with Irv Smith out, you know, does Chris Herndon automatically slot in at uh, tight end or is it Tyler Conklin? Uh, I kind of will be keeping an eye on that. Um, But, yeah, I, you know, I think that there, there I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of question marks in this game for me. Hmm. I don't think there's many question marks hmm. for the Vikings. I mean, I understand your point about Conklin and Herndon, although I, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if Herndon has jumped Conklin this quickly in the pecking mm-hmm. order. I mean, I feel like Herndon's sort of a project, and it's going to take some time for him to learn the playbook and for them to figure out if he actually will give them what they need and what they were hoping to get from Irv Smith. I think Conklin is just sort of a safe uh, plug-in option for them, and I think this is a very narrow target tree. I mean... The Bengals' defense has not been good in basically our lifetime, so I'm not expecting that to be different this year. I and so and the Vikings, because they are such a clear uh, sort of roster in terms of their fantasy value. I mean, it's Kirk Cousins, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Adam Thielen, and it's Dalvin Cook, and then maybe Conklin uh, can factor in in like a deeper league. But really, it's just about those those big four for for Minnesota, and I think they can all. Um, have a good day against Cincinnati. That's just a, a nice, a very favorable opening matchup for them. I, you know, I, I think I, Cook is clearly a top three play in this situation. And I, I really, Thielen is actually to me the biggest winner of the Irv Smith injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, last year his, his targets went down a little bit, and, but he had a lot of 14 touchdowns to make up for it. But I, I think they kind of need him to, um, catch more passes this year and and more more yardage than he had last season. So I think he 
Um, he could end up finishing similar to how he did last year, just with more yardage and less touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I expect I expect big things from all of the Vikings uh, playmakers in this game. With Cincinnati, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little on Jamar Chase, and it's not so much because of the drops. I just think it sounds like they're going to kind of ease him into uh, a big role uh, at this point. And I, you know, I, I think T. Higgins is the guy who's trending up in a big way. It now looks like he's pretty clearly the top receiver on this team heading into week one. Uh, and I think if he actually does remain the top receiver all year, he could have a huge season because I still think that this is a team that is going to be in because of that defense, they're going to be in a lot of negative game script throughout the season. Joe Burrow is going to have to throw a lot of passes. Um, I still like Joe Mixon because he's going to play basically every down. And even if they're behind, he's a, a very uh, adequate pass catcher as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think Mixon is, you know, this isn't his best matchup. Um, but because I do think the Vikings defense will be better, a lot better than it was last mm-hmm. season. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you, you always, always play mix in. And I still think Burrow uh, is an exciting uh, option long term, even if this may not be uh, his best game. Yeah. And then the uh, Seahawks and the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, Colts are another team that have had a lot of <laughs> preseason drama. Uh, the, the Seahawks are favored by two and a half on the road, even though they're traveling across the country. Uh, it's a 50 point, uh, spread, uh, or, uh, over under, uh, what, what, what are you looking for from the Seahawks and the Colts in this one? <clears throat> well, I think with the Seahawks, I want to get a better sense of their overall game plan if we can, you know, um, it, they were letting Russ cook in the first half of the season and then, uh, not so much in the second half of the season. So I'm curious to see uh, how that plays out. Um, And I think, you know, with Indianapolis, I think that Quentin Nelson is back, which is good. That's good for for the O-line for week one. It's good for Wentz. It's good for Jonathan Taylor. Um, And, you know, I'd like to actually see Wentz. I want to see how uh, Wentz looks and, um, you know, how often, you know, it is a run first team, but how often – you know he'll be he'll be airing it out if he will at all um with you know i think michael pittman jr being that number one target there in um in indy but yeah with this and then sorry and then also going back to the seahawks you know yeah if they're good if they're going to run it's obviously going to be chris carson he always has he always has a great day when he's playing um and you know in terms of uh seattle's receivers you know i'm a big fan of dk uh Met, metcalf uh not so not so much with Lockett. I mean, we've talked about him a lot, how he had a lot of his production last season came out of three games. Um, but I am curious to see what that usage is. And what is it? Is it I think it's, is it Travis, Travis Erskine? Erskine? I forgot uh, what his name is. But basically, he is the other receiving core. Dwayne Eskridge you're talking about? Yes, Eskridge, yeah. Who I feel could maybe be a sneaky... Uh, little pickup at some point um this season so i just kind of want to see how that all plays out with with the wide receivers hmm. yeah i mean they would have to certainly be letting russ cook for Dwayne eskridge to get onto the fantasy radar i i agree with you that's the that's the huge question uh what does this team want to be philosophically uh, it seems like you and i are sort of uh in the minority of opinion uh in terms of this it seems most people are full on uh, the concept that Seattle's going to w- be opening things up again in the passing game like they did in the first half of last season. And that that means Lockett is going to be uh, a very attractive 
week-to-week fantasy option. Um, but I share your um, skepticism, I guess, about that. I just need to see it. I mean, it's possible. Uh, they mm-hmm. did bring in a new offensive coordinator um, who is, you know, a Sean McVay disciple. So they may, you know, the talk is they're going to do a lot of quick-hitting passes, um, get the ball out quick. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, I, I still think, you know, Russell Wilson has a pretty – high floor just because he is such an efficient passer and he can run uh, when when he needs to as well. Um, but it seems like there are people saying he could be MVP, saying, he, you know, this team is going to be airing it out constantly, and it just remains to be seen. Um, yeah. You know, the Colts are a pretty good defense, but generally speaking, I'll take the good offense over the good defense. So I do think, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle will be able to score against Indianapolis. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, I don't know. I, I just uh, – They've, they've had so many uh, stops and starts this preseason that even though, uh, you know, they're trending towards health other than T.Y. Hilton, of course, I I just think it's going to take a little bit of time for this offense to get going. So, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor is still a guy that you're going to want to use, of course, but uh, I'm not expecting this necessarily to be the, the biggest week for the Colts offense. No, I agree, and I think that that's a good point about the, the stop and start with them um, in the preseason and how that yeah. will – probably play into this season, at least in, in the early part of it. Yep. Uh, so the, the, we got an intriguing AFC matchup here with the Steelers facing the Bills in, in Buffalo. Um, the Bills are pretty sizable favorites, six and a half points. Uh, the over-under is not very high at 48 and a half. Um, I, you know, I, I think that uh, these are two pretty good defenses, um, so I can understand why the over-under might not be so high. Um, I think with Buffalo, it's it's kind of, at this point, you're just looking at Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest of the team is not so great uh, as fantasy options when you're facing a team like Pittsburgh. I, you know, I do think Cole Beasley could still be sort of an underrated fantasy uh, asset this season. Um as long as he doesn't get COVID. <laughs> uh, but, right. you know, I, but I think generally speaking, the backfield you and I have talked about before, it's kind of a, a steer clear situation. And I think that's especially true against a stout defense like Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the, on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, I think, it, you know, it's, it's kind of, we, we kind of know what we're getting with this team. I feel like, you know, we're, uh, we're going to get a heavy, heavy dose of Najee Harris. He's just, going to get so many touches that he has to be in fantasy lineups. And then Mm -hmm. uh, with the passing game, you know, Deontay Johnson to me is uh, clearly the number one guy there. Um, You know, I'm not sure this is the the best week for Chase Claypool. Um, You know, I'm not sure we'll see a lot of big plays down the field with with Pittsburgh. It might be more quick hits to to Johnson. Uh, And then, of course, Juju, I you know, I've made my thoughts on him pretty well known. Mm -hmm. I, I think he could catch a bunch of passes, but the A dot will be incredibly low. Yeah, I mean, I think that you covered all these points pretty pretty well, and I I am kind of curious though to see how you know Buffalo loves to to roll out those four wide receiver sets and see if someone does have a leg up between you know Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, or Gabriel Davis. Um, you know, they may someone may they may not. I don't know, but I'll be keeping an eye on that as well as you know the Steelers receiving core. Um, you know, this again you reference may not be the 
best matchup, but um, I do want to see, you know, Deontay Johnson. I, I expect, you know, he's kind of that, the alpha in that uh, receiving core. But I am curious about Juju. I know that we've kind of both been down on him. I'm just curious to see if there are any signs that say otherwise. Maybe we should be rethinking um, his usage. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on that as well. Yeah, and with the Bills, it's not it's not just – I mean, the four wide would be nice, but that's obviously not going to be a base set for them. But they run a lot of three wide, so it's going to be yeah. very interesting to watch the snaps because who's going to be the odd man out there, you know? My mm-hmm. my sort of assumption is that uh, Diggs, obviously, but also Beasley are essentially going to be um, on the field for the vast majority of the snaps and that it's yeah. really going to be interesting to watch uh, whether it's Davis or Sanders who is getting more playing time because – you know, Davis has a lot of breakout potential if he can just see consistent uh, looks in that offense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. All right. So now we've got a, a – this is a pretty big mismatch, I think. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers yeah. traveling to Detroit to Ford Field to take on uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, <laughs> the, the 49ers are favored by 7.5, uh, which, you know, for those of you who don't gamble a lot, uh, that's a pretty sizable spread. Um, to be over a touchdown favorite. Um, the over-under is, is way down at 45. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I think San Francisco is, should just be able to run it down the Lions' mm-hmm. throats in this game. Do you agree? I agree. I, I, yeah. And I think that, you know, Raheem Mostert is, this is a smash opportunity for him in week one. And um, I think you'll also, um, you'll also see uh, some some looks from, I want to say Trey Lance, but that's not who Trey I mean. Sermon. Uh, Trey Sermon. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious to see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, this is kind of all, all San Francisco here. I think you'll see a little bit uh, less uh, in the passing game. I think it's going to be a heavy, heavy run, which is good because I think that um, Ayuk is nursing a hamstring injury, so this is probably good. But in that sense, you may, be, may see a little bit more of Debo Samuel. Um, in terms of, of Detroit, I mean, you really you're kind of wanting to steer clear of of most of these guys. I know Swift will be playing, I believe, in week one, yeah. but he may not be used at full speed because he's nursing a groin injury. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you'll see a little bit more uh, Jamal Williams there. Uh, you know, maybe Goff will be dumping it off a lot to TJ Hawkinson, but there's not going to be a lot of scoring opportunities, I think, on, on Detroit's side. So I think you want to fade, you know, a lot of the a lot of their players. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I think that Jam- you're going to be seeing a lot of Jamal Williams, not just in mm-hmm. this game, but I think you're going to be seeing a lot of Jamal Williams all season. You yeah. know, I tweeted something about how uh, – just in a, in general, you're probably overestimating the amount of playing time your favorite breakout running back is going to get, and underestimating the amount of playing time his boring veteran you know mm-hmm. partner in the backfield mm-hmm. is going to get. And I yeah. think this is a classic example of that. I mean, I like I love DeAndre Swift's talent, and I do think you know, especially in PPR, he's he's going to be a good back because he's going to catch a lot of passes. But um, I I don't know. I just I Jamal Williams is he did. He, he fought his way into playing time against Aaron Jones. You know, I, he can mm-hmm. definitely do it uh, against DeAndre Swift as well. And the the Lions have really raved about Jamal Williams constantly. So, well, yeah. this is not a great matchup for either of them. Um, I do think Jamal Williams is going to be a sneaky, you know, sort of borderline flex kind of player, you know, most if not all of the season. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I agree about Mostert. I think Sermon is interesting this week too. Um, it will be interesting to see if they rotate any other backs in besides just those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think 
generally speaking, Kyle Shanahan's uh, offense has been capable of producing multiple fantasy relevant running backs at the same time. So I could yeah. see, you know, I know there's a lot of people saying most arts the play at the beginning of the year and sermons, the play at the end of the year, but maybe the answer is just both, you know, maybe, and at least in, as long as they both stay healthy and most does have an injury history. But uh, I think as long as they're both active, I think that they're, they're both in that RB two certainly conversation for this week uh, in favorable mm-hmm. matchups. Um, yeah, for sure. And then it's funny. You said, you know, you, you yeah, the little Freudian slip you said, uh, uh, maybe we'll get a view of uh, yeah. Trey Lance. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the question. Will we it's, see yeah. Trey Lance um, on some you know specific designed plays? Because what I think we could really see here is uh, the 49ers could run away with this game and Jimmy Garoppolo could look great. I mean, he probably won't put up huge fantasy stats, but uh, he could play very efficiently against Detroit and just kind of be confident in the huddle and command the team to a lopsided victory and that just buys him some job security you know and then that makes it uh one more week down the line before we have any chance of seeing trey lance so um you know maybe they work lance in on some gadget plays here and there but i think this is the perfect matchup for garoppolo to maybe um end up building up some job security uh, for the first month of the season yeah it'll be interesting to see it because i think that is something to, to keep an eye on yeah uh so this is a Interesting matchup. Speaking of that, uh, the Chargers mm-hmm. and the Washington football team at, at FedEx Field. Uh, yeah. The this is another one with a pretty low over under at forty four and a half. It's also supposed to be a very close game. The Chargers are favored, even though they're the road team traveling across the country. They're favored by a point. Uh, I don't really understand why. I would I, I would agree. take the Washington football team in this one for sure. Same. Same. Um, I, you know, th- these are both. Well, let's put it this way. The Washington football team definitely has a good defense. The Chargers are a defense I always think will be good, but they're not always good. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you see happening here? I know it sounds like we both see Washington uh, winning the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious about quarterback play for both teams. I think, yeah, in, in terms of defense, uh, Washington, you know, has a pretty, has pretty good defense. And so I think that that uh, they may be able to keep uh, Justin Herbert in check. Um, talk is that Chargers will have a better defense this this season, but again, you know, kind of what we talked about at the at the top of the show is that's something you just don't know at this point, and it'll kind of start to take form as as these games and these weeks go by. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that. Will they be better, you know, this season or or what? So you know, we want to kind of watch that. Um, Logan Thomas. You know, he may get a little bit more usage just because Curtis Samuel had been missing some time in preseason, so you may get a little bit of a I think a Samuel might volume. have. Uh, yeah, I think Samuel may have re-aggravated something today, actually. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then that even more, you know, possibly uh, uh, Logan Thomas usage. I also want to see, you know, J.D. McKissick. I know that, um, you know, we're all kind of talking about Antonio Gibson, and I know you, Andrew, you've kind of been like, hey, wait a minute, what about McKissick, <laughs> you know? Right. And um, and I do want to see that as if, you know, how, how involved will he be out of the backfield? Uh, because kind of the general fantasy thinking has been like, well, he's no longer going to be used anymore. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but I do want to see how, how that plays out. Yeah, no, I think that's the, the single most important fantasy question in this matchup, and maybe... Mm-hmm. Well, the, you could argue it's the most important in the entire slate for week one. I mean, 
is Antonio Gibson going to be Christian McCaffrey this year? Because there are some people talking him up like he's got, they want to use him in that role. You know, I know uh, there is uh, Kyle Allen was saying that, but <laughs> it doesn't necessarily matter what your third string quarterback thinks about it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting because in the preseason, when they were in third and long situations or, thir- you know, two minute situations, things like that, McKissick still got snaps. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I just think that this is one of those things where there's a lot of fantasy managers who are kind of going head over heels on this a little bit. And um, we're not the man, we're not the coach of the team, you know, so we don't make that decision. We need to see um, what Ron Rivera wants to do. And, uh, you know, I I think McKissick was really good in that role last year. So I don't, I'd I'd be surprised if they totally phase him out. Um, Then again, you know, McKissick, or I'm sorry, Gibson was a receiver in college, so he certainly has the ability to do it if called upon. Um, I don't think we're necessarily going to get the answer to that question in this game, though, because it is projecting to be a low-scoring game. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's not one of those games where Washington is going to fall behind and have to uh, play hurry-up offense, because that's where we might really see, okay, is McKissick on the field or Gibson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, uh, you know... Like you, like you said, I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on uh, Justin Herbert this week. I just think it's a really tough matchup. I also think any team, anytime a team has to travel across the country to play on the road, that's not a great thing. Uh, so I wouldn't expect the Chargers necessarily to come out, uh, you know. Swinging. Swinging in, uh, in mm-hmm. week one. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it could be, could be a little bit of a slow start for them. Although, yeah. of course, yeah. you're, still, you're still playing – Austin Eckler, you're still playing Keenan Allen. You're still probably playing Herbert in in most leagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So the Jets and the Panthers in in Carolina. uh, Over-under on this one is, I think, surprisingly low at Um, 44.5. Carolina's favored by 5.5, so they're pretty significant favorites here. Uh, You know, I I was impressed with – I'm sort of high on both of these quarterbacks. I think they both might be – a little bit underrated in fantasy circles. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson looked really great in the preseason. He looked really great in college. At a certain point, maybe he just is really good. You know, I, mm-hmm. like I understand all the concerns about his lack of um, high-level competition in college. Uh, and you can't really say he faced high-level competition in the preseason either. So this game is going to be his first real test, you know, and I, I'm very excited to see what he can do. Corey Davis is one of my absolute favorite breakout picks this season. I'm way above the consensus on him. I think he's going to have a, a huge year um, this season. Um, you know, the, the Jets running back situation is kind of a mess. Um, yeah. uh, my favorite pick just based on ADP is Ty Johnson. Cause I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tevin Coleman is the nominal starter, but he's, that's like veteran deference more than anything, I think. Um, and then Michael Carter is the the trendy rookie that everyone's excited about. And, and somewhere in between is the guy uh, who actually has run the ball very well every time he's gotten a chance in Ty Johnson. Uh, I think he might be the, their best option um, in that sort of zone rushing uh, one cut scheme that they that they run there. Um, and I could see him sort of jumping out and taking that job uh, in week one. I think it's yeah. um, it's possible. It's also possible it just ends up being a, an ugly three-headed committee for a while. <laughs> that you want to steer clear of, if you can. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm curious to see kind of the new-look Jets. Um, and 
uh, you know, and could this be a revenge game for Sam Arnold, you know, facing yeah. his, his old team, you know? And uh, the Jets kind of had a, they had a leaky defense, you know, last season. But, uh, you know, they've got new head coach Robert Sala, which he's a very defensive kind of oriented um, guy. So I'm just kind of curious to see how that plays out if, if it's something that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson can exploit that. Or maybe, you know, the uh, Jets have shored up um, – their line I don't know and it's also interesting a little bit of a rookie watch with Elijah Moore on uh, the Jets and then Terrace Marshall um on on in Carolina um see if and if they get any usage you know Elijah Moore may get a little bit of a boost um with I think Jameson Crowder is on the COVID list I believe um so maybe he'll get some looks and surprise in the game but you know it's it's one of those things you know that you can make an immediate impact with rookie wide receivers and maybe you'll see some some flashes by uh, on both sides of the ball yeah there's a lot to there's a lot to like um in this game mm-hmm. a lot to follow uh mm-hmm. you know I I think the Jets are usually a better run defense than pass defense um mm-hmm. But honestly, with Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's uh, he's matchup proof, and he's also <laughs> one of the best receiving backs in the league. So uh, obviously, you you love having Christian McCaffrey on your team. Um, the receiver group is yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think Darnold, uh, I think Darnold getting out of Adam Gase's shadow could really uh, yes. do a lot for him. Um, and they do have great weapons in that passing game. I think Terrace Marshall. Uh, is a very interesting bench stash too. Is that third receiver? Mm-hmm. Um, should either of the top two guys get hurt, I think he could he could vault into a, quite a bit of value, and he may steal some snaps from Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I think it will be really interesting to see how they choose to deploy Marshall. Yeah. All right. So uh, the Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, mm-hmm. Falcons are the home home team in this game. Um, the Falcons are favored by three. Uh, it's a 48 uh, point over under. Uh, mm-hmm. Who do you like in this game? Ooh, who do I like? I like Atlanta, but I do think that this is going to be a very high scoring game. I think that there are some very interesting things that, that we need to kind of watch. One, I think that um, on Atlanta's side, obviously all eyes are going to be on Kyle Pitts and his usage um, in, you know, Arthur Smith's game plan. You know, how often is he going to be used? Uh, how is he going to be used if it's going to be both as a tight end or a wide receiver? Um, and so that's something to to keep an eye on. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of the ball with Philadelphia, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, I want to see how Hertz does with his passing abilities. You know, it was something that he um, – he's great, you know, with his legs, but he was – when it came to um, – you know, his passing last season, it was pretty poor. So uh, I want to see how that shakes out. I would like to, you would have to think that he, he has, a, he's a better kind of passer than he was, was last season, but it's, I feel like a wait and see, um, you know, is this a game that where Devonta Smith uh, with the Eagles, uh, is he ready to make an immediate impact again, talking about kind of these Wookiee, Wookie, these Wookiees, these Wookiee wide receivers. Is that what the Washington football team will go for their two, new team name, the Washington Wookiees? The Wookiees. Yeah, I think that's a good name. The Washington I mean, alliteration Wookiees. is always a good idea. So. Actually, I do like that, the Washington Wookiees. Yeah. Um, but we'll see if Devonta Smith uh, can, can make an immediate impact. 
Um, I am kind of curious. I know we've talked about, I think you're down a little bit on, on Mike Davis uh, as running back in Atlanta. They just signed uh, Wayne Gallman. Um, Wayne Gallman, I think, could be making some noise uh, this season. I don't know if this is if he will necessarily in week one, but I think that's something to watch as, as the weeks kind of go on. But, you know, I think this is an interesting game as well. And I guess I would also say I'd like to see how the uh, Eagles running back usage is. If it's Miles Sanders or do we see a little bit of Kenneth Gadewell or Boston Scott? Because uh, to me, that's a little bit of a murky uh, running back situation. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you covered a lot of interesting things there. For me, the Eagles are just a, they're a, a fantasy headache. I mean, I, Jalen Hurts is the one guy you can feel – confident in as a starter when he's playing but that's the question is will he be good enough to actually Mm -hmm. remain their starter all season I mean I think his rushing ability makes him a a QB1 for this matchup for sure and maybe he ends up having a huge game and building up a lot of job security um, for when he faces tougher tougher matchups because Mm -hmm. the Falcons defense I don't know I mean they were they were the worst defense in the league uh, in the first half of last season but then they quietly actually played a lot better in the second half. So I'm going to be interested to see if they carry that over this year or if they're going to be another, you know, they're going to be that must exploit defense that they were in the first half of the season last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, but the Eagles other than Hurts for me are really a headache because um, I think it's there's no question you're going to see other backs besides Miles Sanders. He's not going to be a mm-hmm. bell cow. Uh, the question I really have is whether – Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell is that next man up um, and, yeah. and and how much uh, of the snaps each of them is going to get. I mean, I, I'm not confident that Sanders is going to break like 60% of the snaps. You know, I think it really could be a three-way committee. So uh, if mm-hmm. that's the case, it's going to, it's, it's likely there's going to be a lot of disappointment with Sanders managers. Um, yeah. And then the receiving core in Philly is, pretty complicated, convoluted, however you want to call it as well. I mean, I agree Devonta Smith is the exciting breakout option, um, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, there's, you know, I, Quez Watkins got a lot of uh, hype in the preseason, um, and the tight ends, is they've got Zach Ertz is still there, still likely to <laughs> yeah. steal targets away from Dallas Goddard and frustrate Dallas Goddard managers. Um and and like I said, I do I do or like you said, I guess I, I do question Hertz's ability to consistently get the ball to all of these guys. So that could limit the upside in general. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Falcons, you know, Ridley's going to be amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with what you said about Pitts, but the, uh, to me, that um, how they use Pitts, and I expect them to use them out wide a lot. Um, that could factor into who who sees more snaps, Hayden Hurst or Russell Gage, uh, because you know I I don't. I, I I am with you on Gallman. I, I think he can overtake Mike Davis this year, or at least there's a real chance that could happen at some point. Um, but I also don't necessarily think the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball that well this yeah. season, period. So uh, I feel like they're going to have to throw a lot this year. And, you know, there could be room for somebody besides um, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts um, to kind of sneak their way into that wide receiver three flex Mm -hmm. or low end tight end kind of radar. And so I'll be watching to see if that might be Hurst uh, or um, Gage. Yeah. Now this is probably the best matchup of the week, I would say. Uh, And I am a Browns fan, so we'll we'll put that in perspective, but the Browns versus the chiefs. I mean, this is, uh, 
a rematch of a great playoff game from last season. Uh, the Chiefs are the home team, and we know how tough they are at Arrowhead, and they are six-point favorites. Um, the over-under, as you would not be surprised to know, is high at 54 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you? What do you think about this? Well, game? Say, I thought I'll let you go? go first because okay, I know this I, is this is if your team. You insist, you. Yes, if you insist, let's. I, yes. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I talked about a lot last year when I when I talked about uh, matchups during the season was this sort of misconception about game flow uh, when you're facing the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. The Chiefs actually uh, their defense was much more vulnerable to the run than the pass last season. So even though, you know, I think there's a a tendency for people to make the assumption that uh, because of Patrick Mahomes and that high-powered offense that they jump out to a big lead and the other team has to pass. Yeah. But that's not that didn't that's not really how things happened last year. Maybe maybe it was that other teams were trying to run the ball to keep Mahomes off the field and eat up Mm -hmm. clock. Um, But whatever the case may be, um, I don't think you need to be worried about Nick Chubb in this matchup because he's facing Kansas City. Uh, I think he can still have a great game. Um, you know, I think Kareem Hunt can have a good game as well. Uh, you know I'm all on the I'm all about Odell Beckham this year. Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. to see uh, if my confidence in him is warranted or not and I think we'll mm-hmm. get a a uh, a good sense of that right away. I mean the Chiefs are kind of a middle of the pack defense, but they're not a must avoid defense or anything like that. Um, and then of course, you know, there's not a lot of questions with the Chiefs. I mean I guess uh, certainly we know the offense is, is going to flow through Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, just like it did last year. Uh, those guys are pretty much unstoppable. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is unstoppable. Uh, I guess if you do have questions, it's what kind of a role is Mecole Hardman going to play? Is he a true number two receiver? Or is he going to be um, losing snaps to Demarcus Robinson um, and uh, Byron Pringle? You know, and then I think at running back, uh, I I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to have a nice bounce mm-hmm. back season this year. Um, but it will be interesting to see how they use Jarek McKinnon uh, and what they you know is Daryl Williams still going to be getting some snaps because I think it was last year uh, Ceh just didn't play quite as much as people were expecting. So it will be interesting to see if if he gets an uptick there. But the Browns do have a good defense, so. Um, you know, the Chiefs will have to earn it, but I think they, they will be able to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I think you covered all these points pretty well. And, um, you know, I do think that if you should feel comfortable with, with Chubb. And I think that he actually could have a, a good game. And if, if they um, end up, uh, you know, kind of running more, you know, this is kind of a run first team anyway. But, you know, they did end up airing it out a little bit more in the back half of the season with um, – um, and so I want to. I am curious to see kind of Baker Mayfield and see if when they do air it out, um, you know, kind of where those where those balls uh, go. Um, yeah, I'm curious no, also just you know watching uh, Mayfield too. So that's a great point because I I do think that that the Browns are going to um, give Mayfield a little more room um, to maneuver this year in terms of um, you know being more aggressive downfield, uh, making. Mm-hmm making changes at the line of scrimmage, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's just, he's, he's transitioning from a young quarterback to a veteran quarterback. Uh, and I think for this team to really get to the next level, uh, they can't be predictable on offense. So I do think um, I, we know that they're one of the best running teams in the league, but I, I, I could see um, 
you know, it's sort of similar to what we were talking about with Seattle. Will they let Russ cook? Will they let Baker cook? Mm-hmm. I mean, his name's Baker, so he should be cooking. <laughs> he should be rising, yes. <laughs> that's, <be>. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so Packers and the Saints. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like these teams play each other every single year. It's yep. usually a good game. Uh, this game um, is, is, of course, being relocated um, because of the weather, uh, the uh, hurricane situation. Mm-hmm. Down there in New Orleans. Um, the Packers are favored by four. Uh, it's a 50-point over-under. Uh, what do you see in this one? I do think that this will be kind of an aired-out game. Um, I'm curious to see who the number two wide receiver is in Green Bay. I know, you know, a lot of that um, offense goes through Devontae Adams as well as Aaron Jones. Um, and I think it's, you know, I know that you are a big kind of Alan Lazard uh, guy and um, I'm less so, but I just want to see, wh- who, you know, who is going to be benefiting most uh, with wide receiver two. Is it Lazard? Is it MBS? Is it maybe Randall Cobb? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think in on the Green Bay side, uh, Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon uh, could have a great game. I think with uh, New Orleans, uh, you know, Marquez Callaway, I think, is in a great spot due to kind of high volume passing and he'll be receiving balls from uh, Jameis Winston, who just loves to bomb it downfield. Um, but he will be against uh, up against Jair Alexander. So he may have a little bit more of a kind of trickier day at the office, if you will, but um, he's definitely still needs, needs to be in there. Um, and, you know, kind of big news with, with the uh, Saints is that they just uh, released Latavius Murray. We talked about him a little bit in our last pod, and we had high expectations for him uh, this season. But now it's um, uh, Tony Jones is now kind of the RB2 in uh, New Orleans, and it'll be interesting to see how um, see how that, how that situation is, I think, in this yeah. game. Yeah, no, I think the writing had actually been on the wall uh, for a few weeks about the about mm-hmm. Tony Jones jumping Latavius Murray on the depth chart, but mm-hmm. the fact that that Murray had made the ro- the final roster um, was interesting and made it a real question how they would which of them would be that number two back in week one. But then uh, the, you know they approached him about a pay cut, he refused. Right. Um, so now he he's he was handed his walking papers. I you know I, I think that Tony Jones to me is an, a very interesting player because. Uh, like you know, like you alluded to there. I mean, Latavius Murray as that number two complementary role to um, Alvin Kamara had produced RB three flex kind of value two years in a row, and of course he's also had that that sort of handcuff value in case Kamara missed time. So now it's Jones that gets to play that role, um, which mm-hmm. makes him, in my opinion, a must roster player, even though he's um, pretty unheralded as a prospect. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm. With this game, I'm just, I'm curious to see: Are we going to see angry Aaron Rodgers? Is Aaron Rodgers going to come out and basically just try to obliterate the Saints and mm-hmm. to show you know show everybody that um, he's been mistreated and that he uh, get he should get to decide his own destiny? And he's um, you know we already know he's he's a Hall of Famer, but I think yeah. uh, you, you know you don't really want to poke the bear. Although I guess if it, you know if it's the if it's the Packers poking their own bear, maybe that actually works out well for them. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love Aaron Jones. I've talked about it all preseason. Uh, you know, I just think he. I don't understand really why people would have him ranked lower than he finished the last two seasons when Jamal Williams is no no longer there. 
you know, I do think AJ Dillon, it will be interesting to see how they use him. My expectation is that uh, he plays, uh, you know, about a third of the early down snaps, um, but is not really involved in the passing game. So I think Jones trading some rushing work for passing work is a good thing for his fantasy value. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as what you've mentioned about the wide receivers, I agree it's pretty wide open after Devontae Adams. Uh, You know, I think the way I look at it is that MVS has a very, like, stable role, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's not a high-volume role. It's a deep threat, tear the cover off the defense kind of a role. So I don't really see him his role changing, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll continue to do what he did last year. The question is really who's going to be, you know, that second kind of intermediate short intermediate sort of target. And I, I that's where I think it could be Lazard, but um, they yeah. certainly do have Randall Cobb. They have the rookie Amari Rogers. So they do have options there. Yeah. And I am excited to see Jameis. I'm, I really am. I mean, he looked great yeah. in the preseason, uh, but you know, it'll be, it'll be, really interesting to see what he can do in the regular season. I think he mm-hmm. can, uh, you know, be a pretty solid uh, fantasy option in, in uh, certainly in super flex leagues and maybe even as a, as a streamer in single QB leagues. Yeah, I agree. All right. Broncos and giants. Ooh, I think this game <laughs> is going to be gross. <laughs> this is yucky. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. over under is 42. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Broncos are favored by three. Um, Giants are at home, of course. Uh, you know, I really like the Broncos defense. I think they could, I, they actually have a lot of great matchups this year, too. And I think that they're an emerging defense um, under a, a defensive um, coaching, uh, focused coaching staff. So I, I think that they're, uh, I think they can wreak havoc uh, on the Giants uh, this week. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of sacks in Daniel Jones's future. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Aww. obviously Saquon Barkley is the giant question. What, what will Saquon Barkley look like and how many snaps will he play in this mm-hmm. game? Um, you know, I, I think with the Broncos, it's a running situation that's going to be split pretty evenly down the middle to begin the season. Um, mm-hmm. But on the giant side, obviously... Uh, if you drafted Saquon, you're hoping he go, walks right into that bell cow role, but I, I don't know if he will. Yeah, yeah. This is I like this is a yucky game. I think I'm fading lots here. You know, in this low scoring affair, um, I am curious though to see um, how they use Javante Williams on uh, Denver side. Um, as well as, um, in terms of passing game, kind of the Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, you've got Teddy Bridgewater um, under center, and so we'll just, you know, I know he tends to be like a pretty conservative passer, but I'd like to see how uh, those targets shake out a little bit. And, um, you know, with with the Giants, uh, you know, there's no, you know, I think you spoke well about, about Barkley. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, pass catchers, you know, we've been pretty – pretty down on Wayne Gallman and um I actually think that that Sterling Shepard uh could be I think you meant Kenny Galladay not Wayne oh Gallman. sorry we, yeah yes yeah Kenny Galladay <laughs> sorry um and um yeah I think that Sterling Shepard actually could be peppered a lot in these kind of short to intermediate targets because I think yeah. that as you referenced uh, Daniel Jones will kind of be you know running around for his life and I think he needs a lot of kind of quick uh passes which leads me again 
you know, I can't talk about the Giants without talking about Kyle Rudolph. You know, Evan Ingram should be out and Kyle Rudolph will be playing. And I think that he can also get, he could be a safety valve in this one for, for Daniel Jones. And I think that he's, he, you'll see a lot of, a lot of, again, a lot of him in the end zone. Yeah. I wouldn't, a lot of him in the end zone. What is four well, touchdowns or? You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not starting Kyle Rudolph uh, in a fantasy league, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, Sterling Shepard, yeah, I agree. I think he he might end up um, leading this team in, in uh, receiving and certainly in catches. I think, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's a PPR. He's definitely yeah. an interesting name in PPR. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, I, the thinking, yeah, all season has been that, uh, all preseason has really been that Teddy Bridgewater winning the job is good news for Jerry Judy more than Cortland Sutton, but... Uh, we'll we'll get to put that theory we'll to the see. test in this yeah. game. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a, an AFC East divisional battle. This is one that I think uh, should be pretty low scoring as well. Vegas seems mm-hmm. to agree with a 43 and a half over under. Uh, that is the Dolphins traveling to Foxborough to face the Patriots, yeah. uh, who are Patriots are favored by three. Um, this is a matchup of these two young quarterbacks. Uh, that are, you know, there's a lot of people talking about both of these guys. Well, this is one, uh, and this is like a matchup where you aren't really, you don't really love one, but you really love the other one. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, uh, well, it's, I, I saw, it just, it's just the eye test for me. I mean, what I saw yeah. from Tua last year uh, didn't do it for me. And what I saw from Mac Jones this preseason did. Now, I, you know, I, I feel like Mac Jones is put in a position to succeed because, uh, that coaching staff is just asking him to do exactly what he's comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of quick passes, quick reads. I'm not saying he's going to be a QB one in fantasy or anything like that this season, but I do think um, he can get the ball out to his, to, to his receivers and especially his tight ends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like Johnny Smith a lot this season and I think he's the, the, the best uh, passing game target to look at in new England. But I also think Jacoby Myers uh, is interesting. It could have a good season. Um, you know, these are both pretty good defenses, though. So I, you know, I wouldn't overreact if anyone in this game has a slow week one. Um, you know, the Dolphins. Uh, the the news coming out about Miles Gaskin recently has been very encouraging for people who drafted him. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he he. You know, when you see these reports saying he's going to be the clear lead back, uh, that's only good if it's by a lot. You know, we don't we don't want to see him the clearly back getting 55% of the snaps or something, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Malcolm Brown's going to get sprinkled in. I'm curious if Salvin Ahmed plays a, a weekly role or if he's more of just a pure uh, backup, uh, you know, sort of handcuff um, to Gaskin. Um, I think Gaskin's going to be pretty good this year just because of his receiving ability, if nothing else. But um, this week, I think it should be, it, it might be, a, a, you know, a pretty slow game all around. Um, the Dolphins receiving core is, is pretty muddled and I'm not sure uh, we're going to get that much clarity on it uh, against New England. Yeah, I think you touched on all these points. I mean, my three were kind of like, this is this is a touch, this is a tough matchup, I think, for both of these young quarterbacks. Um, I'm curious to see how, uh, you know, kind of the two tight ends uh, in 
in New England shakes out, you know, that kind of 12 personnel usage. I think that uh, John U. Smith gets gets the leg up there. He's, he's a pretty big yak monster. So um, I do like him in, in this uh, matchup. And yeah, the Miami running back breakdown, you know, how is it? What are the percentages uh, between, you know, you know, Gaskin, Brown and Ahmed? So yeah, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it should be a, it should be a low scoring and close game. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best for fantasy. Nah. Uh, now, this game could be the most lopsided game of the whole week, in my opinion. Uh, the Bears traveling to the West Coast to face the Rams. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy has insisted that Andy Dalton is his quarterback. So Andy Dalton is going to start. Is he just being sort of sacrificed here? Because he's facing probably the best defense in the entire NFL Um in Los Angeles, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a game the Rams are just going to completely run away with. Um, I'm very, very excited to see this Rams passing game. I think that uh, Matthew Stafford legitimately could win the MVP this year. He could lead the league in passing. These are all thing he could lead the league in touchdowns. These are all things that are possible um, with him having the best situation of his of his entire career. Uh, you know, I love uh, I love uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as fantasy options this and every week. Um, the running back situation in L.A. is still to be sort of determined. Uh, you know, as we've talked about in the past, I'm a little more lukewarm on Daryl Henderson than you are. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do think in week one he should be the lead guy because Sony Michelle is still learning the playbook, apparently. So I don't expect... Sonny Michelle will walk in and be the lead guy in week one. Um, so yeah. Henderson has a chance to lay his claim to uh, that job this week. Um, and I think he might need to do that to hold off Michelle. Um, yeah, I you know I'm interested in this game. I'm interested in the Matthew Stafford and and company. See what they look like now. I mean, Chicago had a pretty good defense, uh, you know, last season. So I don't know if it's going to be full throttle Rams with Matthew Stafford and everyone. Um, but I think it's. I just want to see how this team. Uh, this is one of the more I think exciting teams of of this season. I want to see how it how it plays out in Week One. And yeah, kind of that that Rams backfield uh, usage. And then I think that with um, with Chicago, you know, Cole Komet could kind of be a safety valve, I think, for Andy Dalton in this one. And I think that he has some sneaky upside in terms of, um, you know, tight ends. And, uh, you know, I don't know that there's, that there's going to be a ton of points on Chicago's side, uh, but um, he's someone who I think has sneaky value this week. Yeah. I, you know, there's also been reporting that the Rams are preparing to face some packages that involve Justin Fields. Uh, oh, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, I I think that uh, it's unlikely that they will thrust Fields into this game unless it's in the fourth quarter when they're down by thirty or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, but I I think he's going to take over sooner rather than later, and this game is going to really um, push that process along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I'm also curious about Tyler Higby. Uh, you know. I'm really hoping as someone who has uh, some some Tyler Higby on my fantasy teams uh, that they go back to using him aggressively the way they did uh, towards the end of the 2019 season. Uh, If they do, uh, I think he could, you know, fight his way into being a top five tight end potentially by season's end. Um, 
All right. So one matchup to go. It's the Monday night contest uh, between the Ravens and the Raiders. Uh, the Ravens are favored by four and a half with a 50.5 over under. Uh, where do you want to go on with this one? I think this will be a fun one. You know, I think this is, uh, I think, high-scoring affair. I want to, um, you know, with, with regards to, I guess, Baltimore, um, I want to see, I think there's going to be some, uh, well, there's always going to be, you know, Lamar Jackson, but, um, you know, Gus the Bus, maybe some some Tyson Williams, see how, how that uh, running back uh, backfield plays out. And then with the wide receivers, is it, I mean, is it Sammy Watkins? Are we thinking as kind of like the number one in this game since, well, outside of Mark Andrews, but... Um, yeah, I, uh, going into this you know? game, I think that's yeah. probably the case. I just think betting on Ravens wide receivers is usually a, a losing proposition. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that with uh, with um, kind of Las Vegas, I I know that you're a big uh, Brian Edwards uh, guy, and I want to see kind of how those receiving share target shares break down between uh, he and Henry Ruggs. And I also, I'm very curious about uh, Kenyon Drake and his role um, out of the backfield. You know, I, I think that he'll end up, you know, the season with more kind of fantasy points than Josh Jacobs, just because Jacobs is just primarily, you know, stuck with just a straight up kind of running role. He doesn't have a lot of um, play in the passing game. And I think that, um, you know, I don't know. I think that, that Kenyon Drake is a very kind of interesting fantasy player in this season, and I'm looking to see how they utilize him in week one. Yeah, no, I, I like Drake a lot as a player. You know, I love drafting players that are um, that, that can have some sneaky flex value, but also are great handcuffs in case yeah. the starter goes down. Um, and so I think he certainly qualifies. But I, I don't know. I, I've actually been bumping Josh Jacobs up my rankings a little hmm. bit recently because I just think – He's underrated if you look at what he's actually done the last couple seasons. And he's done that without having the job to himself ever. I mean, that's never a, that's never something he's had. I mean, yeah. there's always been Jalen Richard there. There was DeAndre Washington. You know, it's basically been um, – I feel like Kenyon Drake might be those two guys combined, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and t- all that role goes into one other player instead of two. But I'm not sure how much it's going to actually impact Jacobs's um, snap counts and touch counts, you know. So, yeah. uh, so I think he's actually a kind of a sneaky player. The problem hmm. is the okay. Raiders have a, uh, they have a pretty brutal schedule this season, and this is this is Exhibit A, having to face the Ravens in Week One. It's not a good matchup, um, you know. I do love Brian Edwards' talent. I just I think he I think he profiles better as a fantasy option than Ruggs does. Uh, that's yeah. the main thing for me. I mean, he's been. He's been drawing rave reviews, you know. I mean, Derek Carr compared him to Devontae Adams, and John Gruden compared him to T- Terrell Owens. So uh, those are pretty good players to get <laughs> compared to, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just think he's the guy that's going to be the red zone guy and the guy that um, is going to see more targets. Ruggs is going to be more of a big play kind of a guy. Um, okay. So in fantasy, I generally uh, I would lean more towards the the uh, the guy okay. who is going to get targets and red zone looks. Right. Um, so, but, you know, it may not be this week because Baltimore, that's a really, really tough matchup. So I'm expecting the Ravens to to control this game. Um, hmm. Although, you know, it, they are on the road. They are going out to Vegas. So they, they better not, you know, go out on the town the night before or anything. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think Gus the Bus can have a huge game. The Raiders are not a defense to fear. And, yeah. uh, you know, Andrews can get his. 
Lamar is gonna should have a big big week. Um, and then with the receiver group, yeah, it's to me it's I'm not I'm not eager to invest there. I you know it it should be Sammy Watkins, but it could be Marquise Brown. Uh, you know, once Rashad Bateman comes back, he's kind of the most exciting receiver in that in that group, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just hard to count on anybody there at this point. Yeah, we shall All right, see. I think- I think that about wraps it up. Now we get to yeah. see how much of this actually comes true. <laughs> I, I know. It's, we're gonna it's have, week one, Andrew. I'm super excited. You know. I know. And we're going to have a lot to, to recap. fun to see how this all plays out. Yeah. yeah. So we will we will be back with another um, pod uh, later uh, this week with our, our bold predictions mm-hmm. for the season. Uh, and I promise we won't use the Thursday night game um, no. as uh, – a cheat sheet for us uh for our predictions <laughs> um <laughs> but uh then coming next week um we will uh start breaking down everything we saw in week one uh helping you out with your waiver wire moves um so that will be we'll sort of get into a groove with two pods each week uh one sort of looking at what just happened and the next one looking ahead to uh to the upcoming week which will be more like today's show was uh, so we're going to have a lot to dig into. It's going to be so much fun, Lauren. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It'll be fun, fun, fun. Yeah. And we'll, of course, keep popping articles up at rosrankings.com. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have new uh, new rankings there each week throughout the season for rest of season value uh, that you can use in, in evaluating those waiver pickups, those trades, uh, and anything else um, that you're curious about for uh, for value for your fantasy players. Mm-hmm. Um and you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me at LK Auerbach. And as always, if you can rate, review, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff, we would greatly appreciate it. That's right. We will talk to you next week. See you later. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.